Hello all, and welcome to the Ramblings of an Author podcast. This is where you can begin or embellish your journey with host Ibutola Ajaye Adebayo as she brings you real experiences and share tips to complete your path to professional fulfilment from the insight of an author by learning from those who have faced the best and worst of circumstances on their publishing journeys. For authors and book lovers, she's a mind that's been let loose to the world. Travel with her and discover another dimension to writing. Hello all, welcome to the Insights of an Author show, episode 6. Yes, the name of the show has changed slightly, if you've noticed just now. Uh, the changes occurred due to the creative direction of the show. But be, but be reassured, however, there will not be any further changes to the name of the show in the future. Well, I'm your host, Ipitola Ojoya Adebayo, and I'm an award-winning author of the acceptance series. On the show with me today is also my co-host, Blue Level. Say hi, Blue. Good afternoon, evening, or morning, you know, it depends on where you are. <laughs> As you may all know by now, the show follows two formats, which is the audio podcast version of the show, which is this, and is released every Mondays. And the second format is the studio version of the show, which will be shown once a month, in which you get to get a chance in which you get a chance to visually see me, the voice behind the microphone, and also our featured guest. The aim of the show is to bring you insights from authors and publishers all around the world. And last week I stopped at New York um, in the United States and brought to you an interview with Danica Worthy. She is an author, po poet, blogger, creative life coach, spiritual seeker and motivational speaker. That was, a, that was a really good interview and hopefully we will actually see you in New York in the future. can't actually wait to come to New York. I'm so excited. Um, I've been to the States once before, but that was a high in Chicago, and I loved it. <laughs> so, place, home of the Cubs. Home of the what? The Cubs, Chicago Cubs, the baseball team. Baseball team, oh, okay. It's my favorite baseball team. You guys don't really have, do you have baseball, really? No, we don't. We have cricket, <laughs> which is, mm, is it really the same thing? Mm, kind of. You know, I... You, it, I don't know anything about it. From what I understand, you're in a field, <laughs> and there's a row of uh, two by fours. You try not to knock over behind. Yes. You. I, don't, I don't know. Yes. So basically, that's it. I I'm not a sports person, so I don't really watch sports. I find cricket, golf, boring. I can stand football because my husband loves football, so I am forced Which to watch football? that. Um, soccer. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, if you'd missed the, um, the episode last week, uh, don't worry. All our previous episodes are available on my website, which www.ioadabio.co.uk. And it's also available on our other channels, such as SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So, right, on this week's episode, We'll be covering our topic of the week titled Blue. Is education a powerful tool? Which I really think is a question. Of course it is. 
Yes, um, I've, I've totally believe it is. You never know, some people might not believe in that. They might not believe in education. I, I guess we just There are with. some people who don't believe in them. I've met them. Oh, have you? Are they uh, Amish? Definitely. Are they Amish? <laughs> no, no, they're... Well, I have met some, um, Amish. You guys pronounce it differently, I suppose, and, and Mennonites and, and all Did you just things. say we pronounce it funny? You said... <laughs> I, said I said differently. Differently, differently. okay. Yeah, you say Amish, I say Amish. I think the correct first pronunciation is actually Amish. Amish, okay. Um, no, I think they teach their kids uh, things, but um, just people who are like, uh, who say, oh, I'll just be a, uh, I'll go to uh, a trade school for two years and I'll just be a welder for the rest of my life. And, you know, I don't need uh, to really learn more about myself and the world around me or you know, there are people who are content in their minimum wage jobs and they don't use education for the powerful tool it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, this week's Stopping Gap is still in the United States. Um, here, I will be bringing you an interview with Ronnie J. Um, Ronnie J, from, a humble, from her humble beginnings to a successful marketing professional, strives to bring issues to the forefront that repeat, repeatedly trouble young girls on their path to personal success. So, to start off today, I will focus on my first quote of the day, uh, which is Nelson Mandela's quote. Do you know Nelson Mandela Blue? Uh, I know half the people around here think he's great, half the people, like, I mean, not half the people, the people who know who he is, some of them think he's great, some of them just dislike him at all. He was captured as a war prisoner, right? Yeah. Um, and eventually became the president of South Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boom. Boom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Nelson Mandela is. What's the quote? Well, and the quote, uh, and his famous quote is, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Um, Mr. Nelson Mandela is totally right in this, and I really agree with him, in that in the knowledge economy, education is the new currency by which nations maintain economic um, competitiveness and global prosperity. So in a way, educate, yeah. yeah. Did Nelson Mandela, when I always hear quotes, they're they're in English. Did he actually say that in English? I'm just yes. He's a very educated man. Huh. No I, joke. I never hear quotes in another language, and then they say what it means in English. I'm sure there are quotes in other languages, and they're translating English. If it, if he actually said this in uh, South African language, is it Swahili? I'm not sure. Is that Kenyan? I can tell you. I, like, I, Confucius I, I, said. It. <laughs> I'm sure he's, I'm sure Confucius said it in Mandarin or what what they spoke at the time there, not in ah, English. Okay. I don't I don't want Yeah, to we digress. We, we yeah, we're totally digressing here. <laughs> in a way, education is the key to eliminating gender inequalities, to reducing poverty, to creating a sustainable planet, to preventing needless death and illness, and to fostering peace. What do you think about that, Blue? Do you agree with me or disagree? Yeah, that's those are, <laughs> those are some big. I completely agree with you. Those are some big uh, undertakings. There's little things too, like uh, education will make you sound smarter around your friends and uh, <laughs> help you do better on your taxes and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the big things matter too. Ah, uh, yeah. I believe an educated individual 
makes the person who is able to handle the changes that a changing world faces. It is for this reason um, I believe some parents work very hard to ensure their children get educated, even at great financial cost to their families. A lot of families spend a lot of money on education because they're uneducated about education. Um, there's really no need, like there's so many students going into debt right now debt that they know they can't pay, pay it off because they don't want to go to a community college for two years and, and they all want to go to the, the biggest college in the state and, and they want to have the best. But the education, it's all held to a standard and it's all pretty similar. Um, just having the name of the college doesn't help you until you get into the really, really higher class jobs where it's super competitive. And I know it's already super competitive um, in middle and low class, but you have to be running for high level management positions for someone to see a degree um, from, I don't know, uh, a public college, a medium status public state college to a, uh, you know, number one privately funded college in the state. There's, it's just a, it's a big mess, and I think people, I wish people were more educated on that too, because um, we, we have a big debt bubble and uh, need students to start paying it off, and they can't. Yeah, uh, coming out of uni is quite expensive. They don't realize the value of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I I agree with you in a way because you know it's quite expensive. <laughs> um, coming out of uni yeah, as a student uh, they, a into the working life you know we're, <laughs> we're expecting 18 year olds to know the value of $40,000 a year and to and they, they don't understand what that is and how long that's going to take to pay it off if they think oh yeah I'll, when I get out of school I'm going to have a job that pays 80000 a year straight off well you're forgetting expenses and whatnot. you can't just pay your four years of college off in two years, it's going to take more like 40. Mm -hmm. it's, it takes a while. And we're expecting 18 year olds to make these huge financial decisions um, and understand the value of money when they really can't. And that's why so many are taking huge uh, student loan debts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's another way of looking at it. Yep. They got really serious. They got really, they got really serious there. <laughs> oh. Um, also, ooh, moving on, and what have we got? What's again. next? <laughs> you were rambling a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we have some we have some questions uh, for you, and it's um, can any part of you be found in your books, the Acceptance series, and that's from Carolyn in London, UK. Ah, uh, um, I think people ask me this because they actually think is an autobiography. <laughs> and like I always tell people it's got nothing to do with <laughs> like I always tell people and I told you before it's got nothing to do with me um, I draw inspiration for myself for sure as well as people around me uh, my favourite character in the book is actually the mother who, um, of the lead character and the mother is basically my mum your mum and everybody's mum out there especially the African ones so that's why a lot of people can, I think, relate to the book because they can see their mothers in her. So, yeah, so I hope that answers Caroline's question. Thank you for sending through the question, Caroline. Is there any what other I got, one? I got, there is, but what I got from that is 
your mom would enjoy the acceptance series and you should it's a great birthday gift oh yes it is (laughs) (laughs) um so being an author myself and it's from the the person who's wrote this um they Mm -hmm. can't say the sale of their books have been financially rewarding so far how financially rewarding has your journey as an author been and that's from enola manchester united kingdom and that's something i've always kind of wondered too but um that's not really a question that i've been comfortable asking you uh. <laughs> are you are you rolling in author money i'm not rolling as stephen king or jk rowling's but touchwood hopefully one day <laughs> that would be pretty cool <laughs> i think the day i leave my nine to five job is the day i can say the sales of my book were are financially rewarding if you get what i mean um so but when it comes to people reading my books and coming back with positive feedbacks it's been a blessing overall so when it comes to finance um, quite a few has been so so far and i'm not complain complaining uh, and i'm not regretting one bit going self-publishing um i went uh, as i as i said before i went through the self-publishing route because when i started off um, i sent manuscripts to many agents and they rejected it that's enough to kind of make you give up but um, I chose to kind of fudge on the head instead um, I gave my manuscripts uh, my manuscript to many prominent people in my community here in the UK and they had positive things to say about it so the book was eventually published um, by completely novel which is an online publishing company uh, a UK based firm um, which helps authors to self-publish so in a um, in a nutshell that's my book and the sales <laughs> so i hope that answers your question is it any or not in... maybe not pool, pools of money like bathtubs of money no i wish <laughs> okay i believe up next we're gonna have an interview with ronnie uh jay uh, the author of can i live Ah, yes. Um, You know what, Blue? I love the American accent. I found American accent, whether from a woman... We don't have an accent. Yes, you do. Yes, you You do. You have an accent. No, no, you have an accent. (laughs) And I I find it so sexy, either as a female voice or male voice. The American accent is sexy. Love it to bits. It's so fascinating. You want to listen to it all day. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I digress again um, um, again like I said uh, our stopping gap was um, in the United States of America and here we interviewed uh, a lady called Ronnie J who's an author and a successful marketing professional um, if you are at a crossroads in your life and are unclear on the path ahead or just need a little nudge in the in life I think everyone can benefit from her book, which is titled Can I Live? Um, I can't wait for us to hear from this amazing woman. So let's check it out. Hello all, I'd like to introduce to you um, on this week's episode, our future guest on the Insight of an Author show. And it's Ronnie J. And it's not just the J, isn't it? It's J-A-E. That's your surname, isn't it? I have to do J-A-E for... um purposes on Amazon they wouldn't uh-huh. put a J period so <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh so your name so your surname is not actually J-A-E is it no. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so 
but it's cool. It, I, I, we'll I like it. Back there. <laughs> yeah. So Ronnie J. Um, and we've got Ronnie J with us today. And Ronnie J is actually an author and a professional marketeer specializing in strategy, qualitative research, and innovation. Um, Ronnie, can you tell us um, a little bit about yourself? Who is the real John, Ronnie J? About me. Yep. Well, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh-huh. I was born and raised there. Um, I went to school at the University of Louisville where I received a bachelor's degree. I then received my master's from the University of Cincinnati. Uh-huh. And now I live and work in D.C. Cool. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you very much for um, being a guest on our show. In our show, we try, we try to kind of cover every country as much as possible to get insights from authors, publishers, anybody within the literature uh, genre to kind of get the insights and, um, and how they kind of made their journey into how they become, they've become who they are today. Um, I came across you on um, Instagram and immediately I fell in love with your book, Can I Live? <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah, I, I love the front cover. Um, so I've got a few questions I really love to ask you. And the first, <laughs> the first question is, you strive to bring issues to the forefront that repeatedly trouble young black girls on their paths to personal success. Can you please highlight a couple of these issues and what challenges you faced yourself? So one of the issues I have noted black girls having is that we don't really have a vision for our life. Mm-hmm. Um, without having a vision and a dream, you kind of wander through life and you don't really know what going, where you're going. So that's the first step um, in my book that I see is like really knowing what you want out of life. Um, the second part is just once you know what you want, there's a feeling of defeat, whether you don't have the funds to get there, you don't have the education to get there, you don't have the support. So that's another issue I highlight. Like how can you still be successful, you know, without having these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then along the way, of course, there's plenty of style issues. There's people that are going to tell you that you can't do it or why you won't be successful. So those are the issues I try to bring to the forefront um, early in the girl's life so you can understand that, you know, this will happen and here's how to overcome it. Oh, great. And these were the challenges you, you faced um, being in the years because I'm, I'm from the UK, so I guess we might have similar challenges, but I think it's, in a way it could be different as well. I've been following comments people make, people's made on your book and they find it very insightful for a young woman because it doesn't only speak to black women, it, spe- it speaks, the book speaks to women in general and what, whatever you're Caucasian, it kind of, it speaks to every woman out there, every black, every girl out there, girl, woman, lady. Yes. <laughs> so. What I have found is some of the principles in my book, such as, such as having a vision for your life, setting goals to get there. Some of that is for just anybody, you know, mm-hmm. even men have read it and said, you know, that they're going to take some of the steps in my book. Mm. Um, what kind of makes it different is the spin on it for black women. Like, here's the challenges that you will occur because you're a black woman, even though these are steps that anybody should take in their life to be successful. Wow, yeah, great. Um, I've got another question I would love to ask you. Um, you have a master's degree in marketing yes. and a bachelor's degree in business management. How has your educational background helped you to succeed in your life as an author? Um, one of the things that any college student will learn early is that you have to go home and do your homework, get your papers. You know, there's a real discipline. Instead of 
going to every party, you know, you have to go home and write. You have to study. You have to prepare if you know your final exam is coming. So you're used to having those deadlines as well. So one of the reasons um, many people say they're going to write a book and never do it is because they don't have that discipline. You know, they've never had to force themselves to sit there. They've never had deadlines of when they have to have something in. And so by already having that background in school, it was easy for me to use that same um, mindset and apply it to writing my own book. I t totally agree with you. Um, within the industry I work in, uh, we do it. And working in that kind of environment has actually helped me when I research for my books and uh, you know where to go to get the research and you know starting it off and having the mindset to complete it because we work to deadlines it is not but it helps a, a great deal in, and people uh, have asked because i wrote my book in six months it was my new year's resolution that i was going to write a book and everyone is like six months that's no time that's just determination. Like, well, you just have to be disciplined. You have to come yeah. home and actually write. And, so. and exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I've got another question, and it's this: your current publication, titled "Can I Live?" Love the front cover. Um, was the book that captured my attention on Instagram? Um, can you please tell us a little bit about this book? So Can I Live is a personal growth book targeting black girls between the ages of 17 and 21. Mm -hmm. um, those are the critical years in your life when you're making decisions that are going to impact your future. So I wanted to give these girls um, the advice that I wish someone had given me when I was that age. Wow. Mm -hmm. And and you've, you've just launched um, on this, this month, no, September, you did the book launch? Oh, I did a book launch party. Yes. Yes, I saw the I saw the pictures. Amazing! I wish Thank I wish you. I wish I lived in the states. <laughs> I would have so Thank come. You. <laughs> um, another question I would like to ask you: um, You just Lady Michelle Obama recently on the hashed sixty two million campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about this campaign, and also what is the, your take on this campaign? The 62 Million Girls campaign um, brings to light the issue that girls around the world are being denied education. Mm -hmm. So it's a problem um, just around the world with equality. So it's not just in the U.S. or in the U.K. It's a white issue. Um, and I think it's great that the First Lady is using her platform to really mm -hmm. expose this to the world. Um, if it's a problem worldwide for girls, you can only imagine um, what happens when you add being black on top of being a girl. So there are certain issues that come with being a girl, but then when you add that you're a black girl, there's even more issues on top of that. And that's one of the reasons Can I Live is so important to me because I want people to realize um, not only the issues the First Lady is bringing up with education, but also for black girls, how we be successful as well. Wow, very, very insightful. Um, thank you. And also my next question to you is this. Our topic of the week is education. Is education a powerful? Do you believe education is the most powerful weapon we can have as an individual, and even as a country? What's your take on that? My take is that prayer and faith are the most powerful weapons you can have as an individual. Mm -hmm. In my book, I talk about the life stories of Joseph Baker and Maya Angelou, mm -hmm. and both women started their careers with no formal education. Mm -hmm. Education is a powerful weapon, but if you're denied that fundamental asset in life, mm. I believe you can still reach your dreams. Mm -hmm. You just have to work hard and be faithful in your works. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I've known quite a lot of people that didn't have a university degree and have kind of finished that high school 
and they've made this success in their lives. Um, but yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> I, I I really loved our time together. Very insightful. Um, like I said, what's the what's the future um, for Ronnie J? What's the next thing? What what we what should we be expecting after Can I Live? Is there, is there anything in the works? Yes. So. I don't want Can I Live to be just a book. For me, it's a movement. It's getting girls across uh -huh. the U.S. to start really asking that question. Oh, yeah. Can I live and expecting more from their life and not just accepting what society deems as normal. So I want to mm. start doing um, online courses, helping girls set goals for their lives. I'm doing like a documentary showing behind the scenes of being an indie author, um, what I do on a daily basis. And I'm also doing speaking engagements, um, interviews with my local news stations and and podcasts like you so i'm really trying oh, cool. to spread the word out there <laughs> oh that's cool and um are you an awful full-time i do i do have a nine to five i'm still working in the marketing industry here in dc how has the how has your background marketing helped you promote your book oh it's been People kind of take for granted that once you write a book, um, readers will find it and people will just mm. automatically want to read your book. And it really does not happen that way with um, independent publishing. Anybody can write a book. There's so many options out there that your promotion and your marketing is really key. So having this background has helped propel me to kind of the forefront um, in front of other books because of the marketing aspect of it. When I did a free release on Amazon, I made it to like the number six spot because I was marketing it and pushing it hard. So mm -hmm. I was on that top 10 list. And yeah, my formal education and training has really got me to that point where I'm able to market it look successfully. Oh, that's great. Because I know as self-publishers, I'm a self-publisher as well. And it's, I've, for when people ask how I did it, it's through pushing it myself, pushing it, researching, finding out what to do, how to market. I don't have the background in marketing or anything. I had, when I started, I, have very, I had a very limited budget, but I had to find out ways to push my book, ways to put, then I realized I need, um, I had to push myself also as a brand. So I had to find ways, you know, new and inventive ways to push and as well as me as a brand. So it's quite important. So um when it comes to publishing, there's a lot of hands-on approach. You have to put your hand deep, dig your hands deep into the pot to kind of create this person, create this vision for yourself compared to if you had a traditional publisher. So what okay. made you decide to go into self-publishing? Something seemed to be the fastest route and the best route to reach my goal. Mm -hmm. I wanted to really within this year. You know, I didn't want to string it out for years. I wanted it to be very quick to get it out there. to the link. So that was the best route for me. And mm. with all the assets available online with um, podcasts and blogs, you can really learn from other authors um, mm -hmm. what mistakes they made, the advice that they have. Exactly. So I definitely did my research and it just seemed like something I could do on my own. So exactly. I did it. <laughs> Great. That's why this um, I've created this show, The Ramblers of an Author Show, because I started for nothing as well. I started by kind of research and finding out what other authors did so then i realized when i did establish myself um up and coming authors approaching me for you no know, how did i do it then i realized okay i don't have all the information but if we can have a little portal where other authors publishers kind of give their insights on how they kind of went on their journey so it kind of helped other people other people as well people who have a dream to kind of 
take on the path we've taken on. So that's why um, th I've created this show. And I'm really, really happy that you kind of took part in being a guest and giving us your little insights on your journey. And I really hope that you, um, we come across again in the, in the near future. Um, so where can my listeners find out a, a bit more about you and about your books? On the web. <laughs> My website is uh -huh. byronnyj.com. That's byronnyj.com. Uh -huh. I'm on Instagram as official underscore can I live. Uh -huh. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook as byronnyj. Great. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, like I said, thank you once again for taking part as a guest on my on my show. And I, hope, and I wish you great success in the future with Can I Live and any future endeavors you've got planned. And thank you once thank again. You. <laughs> thank you. Welcome back to the Insight of an Author show. I am co-host Blue Level here with Ibi Tola. And in this part of the show, we're going to be giving you some real facts about books and reading. Yes. So whether you read via Kindle, an app, or any other device, hardcover or paperback, um, here are some real facts of interest for any book lover out there. So the first one I came across... Uh, this time was research conducted in 2009 at the University of Sussex showed that reading was the most effective way to overcome stress beating out the old favourites such as listening to music enjoying a cup of tea or coffee and even taking a walk um, this study was measured by elevating the heart rate and muscle tension it took the study participants just 6 minutes to relax once they started turning pages that's an in, that's an uh, that's an insight, isn't it, Blue? So it so it even beat out like rubbing your temples and massaging your earlobes. Yes, old favorites. <laughs> but my, one of my favorites is to ignore it and maybe maybe it'll go away. Whatever I'm stressing about. <laughs> that's that's my old favorite. Doesn't ever work, but. Okay, I don't. I don't like to be the the Debbie Downer. Uh -huh. and, uh, last episode, I had all the the kind of the facts about um, reading that you're like, oh, you know, you, you you're not gonna have an oh from hearing that. Like that's cool. You're gonna have an oh, like that's that's a real thing. And, and I guess I'm just gonna continue that. Trend. <laughs> it's hard to find positive facts for me, at least. Um, so two-thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare. Oh, God. And over 70% of America's inmates cannot read above the fourth grade level. That's do something.org. Wow. Wow. So you want to round that out with a, a positive fact. <laughs> yes, I will. Debbie Downer. <laughs> Um, I've got two facts here, actually. Um, only nerds would appreciate, uh, like myself. And these are facts from comic books. So the first one is, uh, the a comic book letters avoids words like Clint and Flick. Uh, do you know why? No. Because during printing, the letters can run together, uh, making the words look like profanities. <laughs> Really? Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another nerdy fact I came across uh, from Marvel. Love the Marvels. Love Iron Man. <laughs> and four. 
Uh, Marvel got around um, a law that in increases taxes on toys that resemble humans by claiming the X-Men figures were mutants, not humans. Now that's that's <laughs> that's actually quite good. I had no idea. That's kind of like how there's a there's a shoe company here that imports shoes as slippers, not shoes. Not shoes. I, uh -huh. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's cool. Uh -huh. I wonder cool. how much they actually saved in the end. Probably quite a bit if they exactly quite, but I'm sure quite a bit. <laughs> I think, like, I think, how much would Barbie save if they were, if Barbie was a mutant? Mutant <laughs> <laughs> <Even> acceptance. <laughs> Barbie, please. Do not spoil the vision of the X-Men for me. <laughs> um, okay, so, one in four children in America grew up without learning how to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it. Wow. Um, I've got another key fact I came across. Um, there's an overwhelming evidence that literacy has a significant relationship to people's life chances. So it's quite a shame, the fact you just said, that one in how many? One in four? four? One in four. Kids. 25%. 24, wow. Leave school without reading, learning to read. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really lame. Well, um, I don't think lame is a, is a serious enough word to describe mm -hmm. uh, the but, discontent. Um, yeah, I think what explains this is um, people with poor literacy is more likely to live um, come from non-working households um, or live in overcrowded housing and is less likely to vote. So that was one of the facts that I came across. Wow. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm gonna. I always vote. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what we're saying though does does tie into with the uh, the topic, mm -hmm. which mm. is is education a powerful tool? Tool, yeah. And uh, we'll move on with that. And more than sixty percent of all inmates are functionally illiterate, um, which I think could be uh, fixed pretty easily with um, because they're spending a lot of time there. I think we should provide programs for them to uh, learn to read. And I know we already have things like that. Um, some inmates actually can get secondary education while in uh, in prison. In prison, mm -hmm. yeah. Because you need to prepare them if they're coming back, coming back out to the outside world. Depending on obviously what they're in for in the first place, they're coming out at all. If you go, I mean, but the ones that are reformed that are that are eventually going to come out. But you do get ones that they think is reformed, but they still come out and do the most sickening things. But we digress. My final fact um, of today is everything you read fills your head with new new bits of information and you never know when it might come in handy. Uh, so the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to tackle any challenge you ever face. Blue, have you got any more facts for us? Yeah, I've got one more fact and that is Long Beach, California mm -hmm. um, was ranked the country and the country of the United States most illiterate city mm. followed by Mesa, Arizona and Aurora, Colorado. And I really think that was, that was this was really interesting to me because it's it fuels the stereotype in, of uh, surfer dudes in California and beach bums shredding the gnar and stuff like that, you know, just relaxing and... Yep. Cool. Thanks for sharing this. Oh. You guys have uh, surfers in, in where you live in that area? Um, 
not in London. <laughs> it's not like um, when I think of surfers and all that, I kind of think of the whole California dreaming thing. <laughs> so, and yeah. that you have so going on no in space. There's no one there shredding the gnar or anything. Mm, people do surf over here, but it's not really something I have any knowledge in. I suppose they have to wear like wet, uh, the really insulated wetsuits. Mm-hmm. All that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I haven't got a clue about surfing. <laughs> I don't do water <laughs> and when there's when there's a lot of water around me i don't do that so if i go to the beach yeah. i stay well away from the water <laughs> my most recent water experience like large body of water not like i mean i shower every day so mm-hmm. that would be my most recent water experience but my, my <laughs> most recent large body of water experiences i was in a, a friend's pond mm-hmm. and i had never really swam in a pond before and I, I swim in lakes, but the, the beaches are different on lakes, and, and you can kind of walk out. In a pond, you just sink. You sink your feet, go it goes up. Well, for on this in this pond, it went up to the top of my shins, and and you can't stop swimming in a pond. There's no lifeguard. Okay. <laughs> There's no lifeguard in a yeah, pond. Can, that is a pond. So I can understand your fear. <laughs> I, I I just get weird. I I after watching Jaws when I was quite young, I've got this fear of the water, of fear of the sea. So I don't huh. do. Have you ever watched Jaws? I have. I have watched Jaws, and no, didn't do that. To, didn't do that to me. But everybody's different. <laughs> oh God, I was petrified when I watched that when I was uh, a teen. Uh, well, quite young. <laughs> so I don't. I get this. Uh, visions that sharks are gonna get me if I get near water so I don't I don't do what I don't do the sea thank you very much <laughs> moving on um the final my final notes of tonight are education is an investment and one of the most critical investments we can make in our life um, and this is true for countries all around the world so the, um, I've got a final quote that I'll be leaving with you, my lovely listeners, and it's this. The function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education. And this is a quote from, do you know who this quote is from, Blue? Abraham Lincoln. No. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> so, um, here's a bit of food for thought before we go. Should you ever find yourself in a dire circumstances, remember that although you might lose everything else, your job, your possessions, your money, even your health, knowledge can never be taken away from you. So, well, that's a wrap for me. Ibitola Ojoy Adebayo and my co-host Blue Level. One of the aims of the show is to give you some helpful tips that you can apply throughout the week to your own life as a writer or publisher. The show is here to bring you insights from authors and publishers all around the world. We look forward to sharing more next time on the Insights of an Author podcast. Apart from getting our show by all the podcasts once a week, 
We'll also be having a special guest in once a month, which will be broadcasted visually to you right here at our studio. So stay tuned, you don't want to miss that. You also get a chance to see the face behind this voice. So bye-bye for now. You've just experienced the ramblings of an author podcast, where you've hopefully gathered some helpful nuggets that you can apply to your own life as a writer or author, or even seen the journey your favourite author may have taken to get your favourite book onto your bookshelf. Inspiration is key to continuing your writing journey, and as long as you stay plugged in to an inspiring source, you can be successful in whatever endeavours you seek. We encourage you to give us a positive rating and subscribe to our podcast so you can stay connected and discover more experiences and tips to make your writing journey complete. Lastly, head over to www.ioadibio.co.uk for follow-up notes so you can apply throughout the week until the next episode.